Welcome back to Insurance Happy Hour. I'm Becky. And I'm Laird. Laird, do you ever read the fine print on those agreements when you're um, signing into a new app or Every once in a while. Every once in a while. It's, uh, you know, I I get the wild hair to go read it, but uh, generally it's almost that I'm using it to go, hmm, what should I be putting into my end user license agreement? (laughs) So So you're looking for ideas. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely looking for ideas. Like we're... Uh, I, I had an exercise that I was doing um, for for the company where I was looking things up and I was like, wait a minute. Well, these numbers don't exactly add up. But, you know, if I said, hey, 15% off, right? And then I said, hey, if you do this, it's 15% off. And then it's like, but I do the math and it's 14.96%. Is it still okay that I do 15% or, you know, I mean, where does the rounding error? And so I was on a site that was talking about it and I decided, hmm, I'll go look at the end user license agreement. So I kind of read it through. And, uh, so, sometimes it's, uh, I, I don't learn much from it <laughs> and, and it's a huge waste of time and I am a little bit of a legal nerd, so I enjoy reading them. You uh, are alone in that. I know, but it, I, it's gotta be the right one. Like it's gotta be something that I'm going to be able to use myself well, for me to have any interest. Obviously you are an outlier. I think most people just select accept and move on and don't ever read it. But they could be missing out. They could. And then there's there's the the corollary with the people that put stuff in there to mess with people. <laughs> well, there's that. But maybe you could gain something. There's a teacher uh, who won $10,000 for reading the fine print of her insurance policy. Her insurance policy? She bought a travel policy for a trip to London. And she read through the whole thing. And they had this pay to read campaign that if you read it and you were the first person to send an email to an email address, you won $10,000. And she was the only person to have done that in like the, I forget how long they said they did this campaign. How long it lasted before they would, before 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 anybody won. Before they got one. Yeah. But $10,000, that's. Uh, That's a sizable chunk because I know, but here's. But I, I would wonder how long it actually took someone to read it because I read them fairly regularly and I know other people do because, you know, we have a lot of customers here and we actually have people that read it because they question it. They they question little things in there and, you know, you know, yeah. slap myself <laughs> in the face. I'm still working on it, boys and girls. Yeah, I'm surprised that how so it doesn't say how long they they went. No, I, I don't see that here. Um, but it, it does say why they had this campaign, and it was in an effort to highlight the importance of reading your policy documentation from start to finish. Because you know as well as I do, you don't when you don't read, you don't understand exactly what's covered, and so they would have claims. Um, for losses that were not covered under the policy. And so they would, then they would have upset customers because they thought it would be covered, but they didn't read the policy clearly to understand that, no, it was not covered. But that's also the other side of that is that policies are so flipping complicated right. that it's impossible to understand it. If you look at the fine print, whenever they actually send the letter to you, it's fine print. Like yeah. it really has become fine print. I, what, the way that you get people to read it is you have a 
too long, didn't read version <laughs> that, that has, all right, here's the high point. This is a, of, of this. Now this is now what you have to do legally at that point. Cause I don't know this for sure, but I can assure you that some lawyer jackass is out there going, well, it actually doesn't apply. So you'd have to say, this is a condensed version of the full version. The full version is actually what applies, but we're giving you the too long, didn't read version. Hmm. That's about the only way you do it. But I've heard it go in the opposite way. I mean, 10 grand, that's a fantastic thing. Yeah. But not only did they give her 10 grand, they donated another 10,000 to a children's literacy charity. Charity and five thousand <laughs> each to two high schools. Uh, I was gonna so s- they they paid out thirty thousand dollars as part of this campaign, not just s- attend to her. <laughs> create a charity of making old people read contracts. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, the other yeah, have you heard the other story about there was somewhere in in London, I believe, that if you use their Wi-Fi, one of their you know you get the Wi-Fi and it says, "Hey, this is what you got to do." And uh, the the Wi-Fi in buried in there says that if you use their Wi-Fi, you have to clean their bathrooms. <laughs> I have heard about that one. I did. I did. I think I heard about that one. Well, like that's awesome. Man. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> How many people are actually doing it? Yeah, you, but you're right. There's people don't read it. You, do you read it? No. Yeah, I, I know. Barely anybody that reads it. And even at this point, whenever you get a new iPhone or an Android or something, you don't even have to scroll through everything anymore. It's almost like – To get like, to the accept yeah, button. You just, just... In fact, they have jump links that make you go all the way through that just says next and it scrolls to the bottom and then you you click accept. I just remember the ones back in the day, you know, back two years ago, <laughs> <laughs> that – actually made you scroll through like the accept button wouldn't even highlight until you scrolled all the way through. Yeah. And you know, some lawyers like, well, we need to verify that they've actually scrolled through the entire thing. But yes, I'm a little bit of a legal nerd that I like reading contracts and I, I should have been a lawyer and I just couldn't handle the schooling required. And uh, it would have been fun. I'm, I would have been that uh, the lawyer just sits at his desk and reads. Like I would never want to see the inside of the co- uh, the courtroom because I'd always say, "My contracts are so good, I'll never see the inside of the courtroom." <laughs> yeah, you would be that lawyer. And I love that contracts have been renamed. I've I'm, I'm using contract on purpose in this to go to the next point. Is that lawyers uh, constantly are telling people now that it's no longer a contract. It's an agreement. Oh. Yes. Okay. It's the semantic here. It's that at one point. We agreed to this. We agreed to this. A contract has such a negative connotation that it's like, well, I contracted you to do X, Y, and Z, and you didn't. This is an agreement that both sides agree that they will mutually do something. So there's been a bit of a change when it comes to how lawyers want us to to say the word agreement or contract. Until agreement has the negative connotation that is now with contract. Yeah. This is a strong-armed agreement. Yeah. Interesting. So read your fine print, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Maybe you'll win $10,000. <laughs> now it's <and, laughs> – 
And now there will be countless hours wasted by millions of human beings as they try to ascertain or find the in the fine print some kind of thing. And then you're going to have some crazy smart guy out there or girl, whatever, guy being human, person, all that, is will write a artificial intelligence neural net learning device that will go out and scour the internet and find these little hidden gems inside the end user license agreements and actually give it a thumbs up or thumbs down. Yeah. There's a there's a bracelet. I don't know if you saw this. It's called the circuit or the secret bracelet. It is about the size of a, a kind of like one of the one of the first generation Fitbits that didn't have a screen. Mm-hmm. Very thin, wrapped around your wrist and all that. It's about that size. And what you do is you flick your wrist and it will display a Android, like a uh, phone on your arm. And it's like touch sensitive on your arm, right? It's total vaporware, by the way. It's, it's total BS. Can't can't do it. And if you really want to go down a deep, dark rabbit hole of fun on the internet, check out Captain Disillusioned. It's uh, on YouTube. And as a guy who does a lot of debunking, he debunks, you know, viral videos and all that as being faked. Well, he, he took it as his personal mission to actually go after this secret bracelet because, you know, a projector can never project anything on anything brighter than unless it's a, a, a laser projection. But, you know, LCD, LED, any type of projection can only be as bright or as dark as the lumens that it can project. And it can only be as dark as the darkest point of what you are displaying on. Mm-hmm. And so that's why theaters are dark. And so if you put a theater in the middle of the Sahara desert at midday, you're not going to see a thing because it's washed out because that's the brightness. There we go. Is they tried to go onto Kickstarter or Indiegogo or one of those funding platforms. Right. And failed miserably because they're shysters, right? I could get in trouble for saying that, I guess. Shysters. But, <laughs> uh, they, they are scam artists, and they realized that they couldn't do that on a funding platform, so they created their own platform. They started taking money through you know, a, a form of payment that wasn't really regulated. Well, one of the things in their end-user license agreement was a, or your purchase agreement was all monies paid are irrevocably um, forfeited, and no free funds will be given. So this has been vaporware or vapor armware for span of three or four years now. And they're just collecting money and they're just duping people. They go, oh, that's a really cool video that's totally fake, totally done with video effects and whatnot. And, you know, stealing people's money. And they're doing it through their end user license agreement. And a lot of end user license agreements uh, – for a lot of providers out there is like, well, we're, we're going to go ahead and guarantee 99% uptime, 99% uptime in a month. I mean, that's down for an entire day in a month. And I'm saying down, down. So people are need to read those, especially the service level agreement portions. Yeah. All right. I'm I got on a soapbox for a second. <laughs> I'm going to look at this section of the, of the audio and go, well, Becky didn't say shit for, <laughs> For 12 minutes. 
Um, uh, well, you know, uh, I guess I wasn't entertaining during those 12 minutes. No, 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 no. All right. I feel better this week, by the way. Good. You're less grumpy. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever been, have you walked into work and yes, I admit this week is me. Have you ever walked into work and just, you're a grumpy ass, but mm-hmm. you're kind of like a, a jerk on a tear and you're perfectly fine with it? Oh, I think I tweet those days. <clears throat> yeah. Like, it, my, my patience is short. Like, I am a little bit stabby today. Be warned. But also, sometimes it's good to be stabby. Yeah. It's, it's good to, you know, let's, let's crack some whips around here. Let's, let's move. But yeah, I'm, I've been in that mood all week. No, no. I have those days. I started in Vegas at uh, Leeds Gone. And eh, it's just not, it's not the right show anymore. It's, it's really changed. A lot of insurance people there that are chasing leads. And these are the big buyers chasing the leads. And I went there and I was like, I wish I hadn't come. Like I was just there the whole time. I would go to my meetings and then go to my room and work, go to my meetings, go to my room and work. I was You're going to be so much fun to go to New Orleans with in a couple of weeks. No, that's my insurance people. I'll be a, I'll be a thrill a minute. Usually am. You better be. <laughs> I have to deal with grumpy Laird for two days. Um, well, sometimes grumpy, sometimes grumpy Laird's pretty funny though. Mm. What? What are you talking about? What are you talking about with us? <laughs> My name is Becky. <laughs> I know. Just someone used that meme the other day, or that uh, gif, gif the other day. Yeah. The what you talking about, Willis? And I was like, ooh, I like it's that. It's a throwback. One. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we've uh, we've been yapping for 13 minutes. What the heck are we talking about today? Or or was you reading the uh, insurance policy? Your no, that was not that was not the topic for today. I just thought mm-hmm. it'd be a fun thing to start with because we've been boring lately. No, just something different. We should start doing jokes. Oh Lord! Like you have to bring a joke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you were about to tell like a mom joke. No, I you? was not going to tell a joke. I um, I was, I was. I had an idea, but I'm not ready to to talk about it on the podcast yet. Mm, okay. That's all. By the way, no one has reached out about joining us at Elevate next week or two weeks from now on the podcast. Hey, if you're going to be at Elevate, you should reach out. Let us know. Would like to know more. We have a guest microphone. The more you know. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's, let's start rolling. Yeah. Um, okay. You actually found this one. So do you want to talk about it? I don't remember that well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, is this the lift one? Yes. <coughs> the car apocalypse now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Holy moly. Yeah. That's the headline. Car apocalypse now. Lyft's founders are right. We're in the end game for cars. Cool. Cool. Catchy title. Certainly. That gets them in the door, right? Makes you, makes you click on it. Yeah, Does it deliver? I, you know, again, I'm, I'm conflicted because mm. my data, my data states that the average car on the on the road is anywhere between twelve and fifteen years old. Yeah, and getting older. Yeah, cars are getting more uh, reliable. They're getting safer, and. They're also getting more expensive. That's one of the points that they're probably getting to is that cars are just starting to get so so much 
more expensive. Mm -hmm. And I think that cars have really ramped up their costs due to all of the technology that they're putting into them. Smart cars and everything. Correct. And it's, it's not even, you know, the smart autonomous cars. It's really just cars that have infotainment systems. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. And, there's there's going to be and first of all there's a whole bunch of licenses behind the scenes and that's where tesla has really helped themselves and i read another article about this is that they did not have they built their technology they built their interface they built all those things that they have in the vehicle so they didn't have to pay royalties or licenses to people yeah but you know someone like gm who uses the delphi stuff or the um I cannot remember what Ford's back end stuff is. However, but they, they have licenses to other parties and other firms and, and all of that that they have to pay all these licensing fees to. <clears throat> and that's where like Android, Auto, and Apple CarPlay, all those things are starting to jump into because mm-hmm. they're trying to own that infotainment system. But it goes farther beyond that. It's like you know sensors and all that. So I think that there is a bump in the cost of vehicles, but I think there's a little bit of a peak in that bump because now all the cars have all the technologies, all the bells with whistles and all that. It's going to get to the point where we might stabilize a little bit. So their thesis, while they say car prices are going up is a little flawed because I think that there will be a point that they plateau. Mm-hmm. And then also people will hold on to these vehicles much longer. So if we were to say someone buys Hey, a brand new GMC Yukon for the one sitting out in the parking lot right there. They buy it and they expect that car to go for 10 years. It's already a used car. So it's already got two or three years under its belt. So that car is going to last 13 years and they're going to be able to maintain that car. It's going to maintain better. It's going to drive longer. All that jazz that they have in there. Well, all of a sudden, 10 years from now, what was that? 2030? 2029? Yeah. I mean, this car apocalypse, is it now? Is it upon us now? Well, one of the things, and and the reason that I guess kind of instigated this article is that Lyft filed their IPO last week. Oh, they don't need any like news to help drive drive their business, but okay. But but part of their filing, some of the things they said um, is that car ownership has as an economic burden. That it's the second largest expenditure other than housing. Yes. That's, that's kind of to your point, that it's become very expensive to own a car and drive a car and maintain a car. And then if you have multiple cars, it's you know obviously even more expensive. Um, their argument is that it also creates inequality. How so? That the average cost of a new vehicle in the U.S. has increased to more than $33,000 which most American households cannot afford. Yeah, I, that's the, – the problem with that is, is that they want to afford it. They're the ones that are driving these prices up. There are lots of cars that are not $33,000. There's lots of cars that are significantly cheaper that do the same thing. I mean if you need a mode of conveyance, mm-hmm. you can pick one up really cheap. And that's the other side is that they're not taking they're, – they're talking a lot about – you are new cars, but used cars are really cheap. They're massively abundant. People really always want those new gadgets, new toys. So they keep upgrading their tar- cars like they're upgrading their phones. And the advent of leases where you got to give the car back has just created a glut of 
used cars on the market, low interest rates have also created a, lo- a large glut on the market. So you're not going to see uh, people not being able to afford the cars. They want to afford those $33,000 cars. They want – I sound like Jack Nichols. They, you want that car. <laughs> you need that car. You can't handle your cheap used car. Um, but they're the ones driving that. And you see it all the time. People that are car poor. There's people that are house poor, that they don't need to buy that, you know, shiny new Escalade. They don't need to do it. I was, I mean, whenever I was a kid back in my 20s, I was car poor, but I chose to do that. I lived on ramen and noodles and cheap Taco Bell. I mean, Taco Bell was a treat. I live very, very cheap because I was car poor, but I wanted to be car poor. I wanted to have a badass Mustang, and I did. So I think that their their argument is flawed. I think they're pushing for, you know, what they see as the ideal world. And they're not because of their IPO. Right. I just don't see that, you know, really in the short term. I mean, in the from. The people that are listening to this, by the time that cars are no longer around or they have been replaced with mass transit or vehicle as a service, you you know, a technically Lyft and, and Uber are vehicles as service. They just – they're not autonomous yet. Right. But yes, it's going to take 20 years before we get to the point that autonomous vehicle as service is out there. Right. Well, the article also goes on to say that – in January, car production in Britain declined 18%. And that was the eighth successive month of decline of car production. Now, they're blaming Brexit for that. But we're also making fewer cars. Uh, you mean cars and trucks? Or are you, you saying vehicles are just cars? Because I mean, right now, everybody's getting... The article getting says a, car. Okay. So it's not delineating. No. But there was another article that I read in the Wall Street Journal where they did say that Ford and GM are definitely having significantly less vehicles out there mm-hmm. that they're they're producing and they're seeing the number of vehicles that they have to produce dropping. But again, it's not because vehicles as a service is taking over. I mean, Uber and Lyft, they still use these things called cars. I mean, every Uber – I mean, I have yet to be picked up in an Uber bike or an Uber bus <laughs> or – or, be fun. Or, li- or a lift, uh, <laughs> lift band. <laughs> Show up. Buddy, hop on. And then you got the little spikes on the tires. You ride like back. You whenever. stand on there, hold on yeah. their shoulders. <laughs> hey, buddy, I got to stop and get us. I got to pick up a friend. You mind? Can we go through the drive through? <laughs> Done that before. Have you, have you, you don't use Lyft or Uber that much, do you? Um, usually only to go to the airport. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Although, um, you know, if we if we ever manage to have have a, a date night where we're like we're we want to go and have a couple drinks and not just limit ourselves to one, we'll we'll use the lift sometimes. Do you really do one drink? Like one drink is fine. Two drinks is too much. It depends on the drink. It depends on how long we're sitting there. <laughs> if it comes in a <laughs> if it becomes in a um, in a fish bowl or if it comes <laughs> in a tumbler. If it comes with multiple straws, yeah. <laughs> If it it has kids' toys floating in it, you generally know that's way too many. Yeah. This week was uh, Mardi Gras. I know. I love Mardi Gras. And I've always enjoyed it. 
it's always so much fun. I just, again, get off my lawn. I'm sitting there going, man, this is not as fun as it used to be. Just kind of like reminiscing of like what, how it was in my twenties versus how it is now. And it even went to lunch with uh, Justin today and we were driving and we drove past Boomer Jack's, which is a, you know, kind of a bar. And he goes, Hey, you ever been in that place? It looks really nice. I was like, yeah, fantastic in my twenties. However, in my 40s, the food sucks, the service sucks, the drinks are watered down. <laughs> so, yeah. But I so I I disagree. I I mean car, people still love it whenever they get a new car. It's amazing when you see people get a new car here at the office mm-hmm. where people are like peeking out the window, "Ooh, who got that nice car? Who got that neat truck? Who got that?" It becomes a thing. Everybody loves having a brand new car. They love that new brand new car smell and all that. And I I'm not immune to it. I know that it's much better for me to go buy a used car. But I don't and then the other side of this, sorry, since we're just yapping away. Yeah, sure. Why not? Is mass transit doesn't work. In Dallas, no. I, I'm, but I'm talking that's, – that's great. It works in New York, D.C., maybe Chicago. Boston. Maybe. I mean – I lived there for two years, got around without a car just fine. I, I no, but it's a small city. Big, big difference. And because the mass transit that the mass transit out of mass (laughs) I see what you did there is is a bunch of trains and boats and ferries. And they're almost they're they're not like New York where there's a station every three or four blocks in both directions, north, Mm -hmm. south, east, and west type of thing. The same thing like in Chicago. You can it's an enter when you're inside the loop, it or just outside the loop, it's all encompassing. You can have all these different ways in and out. However, it doesn't work in LA. Doesn't work in Dallas. Doesn't work in Miami. Doesn't work in Georgia. Doesn't it whenever you have way too many even doesn't even work in Seattle. I don't even see it really working in, in major cities that have a lot of real estate or are very spread out that mass transit works. And then you start now I don't want to get into the Green New Deal here, but you start trying to connect major cities and great. You can connect a, a city with a high speed rail that if you do it right is about half as fast as a plane. However, once you go through all the stops, once you go through all the areas, and then once you get off the train at the terminus of where you're going and then make your way all the way around the city of Houston, might've been better just to have a car. Mm-hmm. Cars are the perfect way of conveyance. They're better than planes. They're better than trains. They're, they're, it's, it's the one that gives you those very finite point-to-point. You can drive anywhere with a car. You can drive anywhere in the world. With a road. With a road. But, or, or you have a truck and you make your own road. And that's how Texas works. Have you noticed that? <laughs> you, if, is that when, there's, when there's traffic, the trucks just like jump the – Jump on the side and go to the frontage <laughs> road. The road. And yeah. a lot of people don't know what a frontage road or an access road is. They go, what is a frontage road? Well, it's the road that goes on the side. And you can use it whenever the highway's um, backed up. However, I've seen this multiple times. The little tracks of the road, the you know, the trucks driving off the road, eventually in some places, those become real exits. <laughs> <laughs> I have not noticed that, but uh, I'm not surprised. A <clears throat> couple in Irving actually have done that. Uh, 
So uh, there's a ton. But what do you think? I mean, I'm I I, I prattle on all the time. What do you think? <clears throat> I mean, I, I guess you like the fact that it's opinionated. What, what, are we, what, what are you asking about? What do I think about the car apocalypse? Or are you asking what do I think about mass transit? Because you went off on a total tangent there. Oh, I thought we were talking about cookies. <laughs> Pick cookies, one cookies and then good. do the other one. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, okay, so the this car apocalypse, I mean, there is certainly decline happening. And what exactly is causing the decline, I think, is up for debate. Is it is it Lyft and Uber and the fact that people don't have to have a car necessarily to get around? Like if I was in my 20s and I lived in uptown Dallas and I worked in downtown, I could take the train into downtown and then use a Lyft if I needed to go outside of my little neighborhood, right? I mean even in Dallas, I could do that if, that, if I was just interested in staying in my little area. Um, and even so, if I lived in a bigger city with more mass – transit than what we have here in Dallas. Um, so, you know, I think somewhere in this article, it even mentioned that there's about, I forget what it said, if, if it was 30,000 or 300,000, but so many people have given up their cars because they're relying on, it said Lyft, but it's got to be Lyft and transit. Like you can't just only be Lyft. That would be way too expensive. But, um, you know, there, there is certainly their part they're playing in this decline of cars. Um, whether it's the buying of new cars and because people are sticking with their old cars longer or they're giving up their car. Um, I think both are happening. It's not one or the other. Yeah. Lyft, Lyft and Uber don't, don't work in my opinion, whenever you live in a city like Dallas, not if you're going to be taking it every day, it's not, it, it, it has its benefits like being able to go to the bar and Mm -hmm. have some drinks and not have to worry about, um, getting home. You know, if, if, you can leave your car there. You can plan ahead, take the lift to the bar, and then take the lift home. Um, I think it certainly made that easier. Or do the lift of shame. Were <laughs> <laughs> you doing the lift in the next morning to get your car back? Yeah. <laughs> is that a thing? It is. Do, do people actually call it that? I've called it the Uber of shame whenever I'm like. I mean, I, I've heard of the walk of shame. I just, I never heard of the lift of shame. Yeah. It's so like interesting. You, you get, and it, it's a crazy whenever you're drinking and it, it creeps up on you and it's like, whoa. You stand up and you're like, I'm not driving home. Yeah, I'm not driving home. I don't, I don't have that inner voice from that commercial. I was like, you can do this. You've done it before. Me, I'm like, ah, no, I'll have another drink. <laughs> it's a, nope. It, it creates an excuse. But, um, you know, it's, it's, they're certainly playing a part in the decline, but to use it every day as a method of getting around is just too expensive. It's, that's more expensive than owning the car and maintaining the car. Exactly. A seven and a half mile trip from the airport to my house, which is really close, is $18. It's not cheap. No. In, in Uber and Lyft. I'm even closer to the airport, I think, than you are. Maybe? (coughs) Yeah. And you, but what what is happening is that you are even now Lyft and Uber prices continue to increase mm. because they're they what they did is they bought their share which is fine yeah but now I was in Vegas I used Uber once all the other times I used Curb with taxis because mm. it was more more convenient I I think that that is a pipe dream that Lyft is sitting there peddling. Yes, 50 years from now, 
whenever we have, you're not going to have mass transit. You will have point to point vehicles of service where you just hop in a car. It drives you there. I mean, everybody would like to sit back, relax, close their eyes, play on their iPhone, whatever it may be when you're going from point A to point B. Yeah. I was reading something the other day and I can't now remember what it was, but it was something about how, yeah, Lyft and Uber are are somewhat inexpensive now, but at some point they will be raising their rates and it will not be as cheap as it is now. And it's certainly going to not be as cost effective in some ways as as it is for us right now. So to think that it's always going to be that way is a little naive. It is because they still got to have these things called cars. Right. They still got to pay the drivers. Until until they get rid of the drivers and have the cars drive themselves. (sighs) And then you have shareholders. Yeah. (laughs) They want profit. They want profit. No, I get it. Um, An insurance company. And they, they, they have to make their money. I mean, and, and the other part of, of car sales declining, it, I think also has to do with the global economy. That it, the global economy is not as strong right now. And that's affecting the manufacturing of cars and also people buying new cars. Yeah, I think I think the the trade wars and the the tariffs going back and forth are scaring things and yeah. kind of doing that. Yeah, for sure. What are you doing this weekend? Holy crap! It is the weekend, isn't it? <laughs> I thought yesterday was Friday. Yeah, I have this thing now where I get to Thursday and I'm like, it's Friday. No, it's not. You know. I have no clue. I haven't thought about it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm we like, might actually have decent weather t- this weekend. Yeah, too, finally. I was like, I was like staring into the abyss of like, what the heck am I doing this weekend? Hmm. Maybe I'll go see a basketball game. No, oh, fun. No, no. <laughs> I'm not a basketball fan. I'm not either. <laughs> Honestly, it, it's you know, it's the whole back and forth just. It's like watching a clock. It just it bores me. And yeah. people will say, "Well, hockey's the same thing. It's in the same arena." No, because it stays in one end of the 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 arena for a while and moves back and forth. Mm. The I can't think. Of, the puck field. There you go. The puck field. Yeah, your ball field. <laughs> you can't call it a field. It's ice. That's not a field. A field house. There's mm. not a field inside field houses, is there? No, but okay. it's next to a field. Mm. So you can call it, but you can't call it an ice house because that's a bar. <laughs> I'm going to go watch the hockey game in the ice house. You liar. You're, you're going drinking. Yeah, I went to the ice house. That's what it's called. I saw a fight. A fight broke out during the game at the ice house. Oh, you went to the uh, the hockey game today. No, just a really rowdy bar. <laughs> what about you? Um. We we are I think trying to go out with some friends of ours, so might actually be using Lyft this weekend. Going out? Don't know <laughs> I, yet. I was going to say going out where I was like, ah, you won't tell me because you'll think I'm going to crash it. No, I honestly don't know right now what we were going to do. I've, <laughs> I've been trying to figure that out today, and I just I have no time to do anything. So <laughs> I haven't I haven't put much thought into it. I got to figure that do out. Do not have your kids or something. We got babysitters, mm. like the Multiple, stars, like, like yeah, a, like the stars aligned. Like we got a babysitter, they got a babysitter, and it was just oh. like let's let's go out and do adult things. Let's <laughs> <laughs> let's well, you know you don't get many, much time away from your kids, and especially not with with your spouse and your friends. So. Yeah, hey, you take it when you can. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And other than that, probably working. 
Hey. I have I have 586 reviews due next week. <laughs> just a few. <laughs> just a few. Just just a nary few. Just 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 one or two. So. Is is it easier doing it all at once? I mean, it'll be nice to be done with it, and then I don't have to think about it until yeah. March next year. I like it. Um, it's just you know when you have a large team, it's a lot to try to do. And I I had my plan was I was going to do one a day, mm-hmm. and then I would I would be what you better start be tomorrow. <laughs> but now I think I'm up to having to do four or five a day. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm probably about halfway through right now. Well, good luck with that. Thanks. You're welcome. I'm trying to do the easy ones <laughs> first to get them done. Uh, anyway. what? A, oh, you don't know. Sorry. Yeah. No clue. All right. I think we're done. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, dear listeners, about the carpocalypse? Do you think it's upon us or do you think we're – they're just over-exaggerating? Hit us up on Twitter. I'm Becky L. Schroeder. Laird is L. Ricksford. With the giggles. <laughs> <laughs> you can tweet using the hashtag insurance happy hour. Or you can tweet with the hashtag I don't really listen. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they tweet using that? I don't know. <laughs> um, we'll put links to the articles in the show notes. You'll find those at insurancehappyhour.com. You better include that uh, Captain Disillusion. Got to get that man up to over a million viewers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's great. I'll make a note. Yep. Um, and if you have not already, subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Yep. <laughs> I don't know why. I just got the giggles. I don't know why. You remember... Um, I forget what they were called on Sesame Street. Those yip 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 Dropped this week. Oh my gosh. Epic. It is it. You don't care. <laughs> no. Not you don't care. Fine. Hey, but you know, you can watch the Orville. That's on Fox. It's actually is that the one good. with um, Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Pretty good. It's kind of like a next generation of the Star Trek next generation. It's the STTNG TNG. Okay. Squared. Gotcha. Root of all evil. Mm. Okay. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> I'm not going to watch Game of Thrones. Fair enough. High five. High five. <laughs> we agree. <laughs> Just completely different subjects. All right. Well, it's, it's been a fun episode. And uh, I've uh, enjoyed chatting with you today, Becky. So, as always, thanks for listening.
sometimes I wonder if you like really just all of a sudden like people are listening and then they're it's like we're going along, getting a groove. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs> we're out of here. <laughs> Woo!